Welcome to Farm Focus, a podcast by the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. I'm William Whistler. This week on the Farm Focus podcast, I spoke to Pennsylvania Farm Bureau State and Local Affairs Specialist Kyle and Environmental Specialist Grant about the 2022-23 state budget and the next legislative steps for Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Welcome to another week of the Farm Focus podcast, uh, the podcast by the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Uh, I'm Will Whistler alongside... uh, State and Local Affairs Specialist Kyle and Environmental Environmental Specialist uh, Grant. Uh, guys, it's good to have you on here. Going to talk uh, state budget this week. Um, I guess we can kind of get right into it. Uh, obviously, the 22-23 state budget was a big win for agriculture, uh, with the Department of Agriculture receiving you know almost a 30% increase. So ACAP was the biggest win for us, uh, for Farm Bureau. How do you kind of, uh, Kyle, how do you generally assess, you know, agriculture's inclusion in the budget this year? So as we've wrapped up a few of our legislative updates over the last couple of weeks and just, you know, discussed the budget and its impact on agriculture in the state, uh, we keep in mind we do have to assess it from an agricultural only perspective. So when we say that we were really thrilled with the budget that we saw, that was from the standpoint of agriculture and the inclusion uh, funds for conservation, you know, avian flu, uh, and, and just a whole list. And generally, you know, thirty percent increase to the Department of Ag. So overall, we were very excited, um, and I think that we should all commend both our uh, members in the House and the Senate, um, Governor Wolf, and the entire administrative team for the work that w- went into this budget. Um, you know, this year it was the fourth consecutive year the fully funding full funding of the PA Farm Bill. Um, and a, a cool little thing about that is we are the first and still the only state in the nation with a independent farm bill. Uh, so I think it just it, it speaks volumes to um, how no matter who is in charge and what positions in Harrisburg that everyone is understanding of how important agriculture is to our state. I don't know if Grant, if you wanted to add anything to that as well. No, I think I think what Kyle said too about this being a, a, a great bipartisan success is, is very critical here because you know in in an era where you know you've got a great deal of contentiousness over so many different issues, it was great to see you know both the Republican-led General Assembly and the Wolf administration come together and recognize the importance of agriculture to the state's economy, and give farmers the assistance that they need in areas where they're facing challenges with environmental requirements and other regulations and giving them the tools and the options that they need to be able to continue to be the good stewards of the land that Pennsylvania farmers have always been. Uh, Speaking of uh, ACAP, or the Agriculture Conservation Assistance Program as the acronym is, but what made this such an important thing for farmers this year? And, you know, with that uh, $220 million of COVID relief dollars going to fund it, what or what do you think the impact of that can be? Sure. I mean, well, this this is critically important because this is a tool that has not been available to Pennsylvania farmers for decades here. And especially, I think that I think that maybe while the driving force behind this is probably the ongoing obligation that Pennsylvania has under the Chesapeake Bay cleanup to be able to protect the local water quality and improve the water quality of the waterways that end up flowing to the Chesapeake Bay. This is a statewide program. There are challenges both in the Allegheny, Ohio, Monongahela Basin, and the Delaware Basin that uh, fo- that farmers there 
you know, need assistance with. And again, as requirements increase in for water quality regulation, other regulation to keep nutrients and sediment out of local waterways, I think it's only right. And the argument that we've made has been that uh, Pen the state of Pennsylvania needs to step up and do more if they're going to impose those requirements and also at the federal level. And we've worked very well, I think, in partnership with EPA Region 3 and their leadership to be able to impress upon our legislative and executive leadership in the state the importance of getting a program like this in place. And so this is going to mean that you know, hundreds upon thousands of water quality projects that have multi-year benefits are going to be put in place on Pennsylvania farms that otherwise wouldn't have been. And that's a great step forward. Yeah, I mean, I would add that there's a couple uh, things to really pay attention to with this fund uh, in this program. You know, originally there were there was uh, mirror bills in the Senate and the House that would have funded this program. Well, the Clean Stream Fund at $250 million and $125 million of that going to the ACAP program. So when we look at it and we see, you know, that there was $220 million to the Clean Streams Fund um, and we were, you know, hoping for two fifty, we cannot be upset with that. Uh, but more importantly, on the Agricultural Conservation Assistance Program in particular, you know, the original legislation that was asking for one twenty-five, we ended up with $154 million for that program. So we really, again, just excited about the opportunities that this will present for farmers, conservation districts, you know, all the residents of our state, no matter where you are. And I think Grant uh, made a great point that is something very important about this is it is not just a Chesapeake Bay program. Every county conservation district in the state will receive some funding. We are not sure of the exact amounts yet. Um, and another another thing that's very important about this program is although it's a one-year um, you know, shot in the arm, so to speak, right now. There is some hope that this will drive maybe some federal funding down the line towards these programs as there's other, and perhaps maybe within the state itself, the state budget itself, as Maryland and Virginia have programs right now that do um, fund programs for these, uh, for these conservation measures. So I think there's a lot of hope with that. Um, and, you know, moving forward, I think it'll really lift uh, a burden off the farmers and not scare them into having to pay for so much of these practices themselves. You both gave really good insight on, you know, the impact that ACAP can have. But why is it so important to get the funds to local con conservation districts? Like, what was the was the key to getting it locally sourced? So the, the biggest thing for us, and I think for the farmers, uh, they have already a great established a great relationship with their county conservation districts. Um, these districts really do understand their farmers and it's a local authority, it's a local agency. They know the ins and outs of their county, their townships, um, and it just it's a lot easier for a farmer to go ask a county conservation district for some assistance than it is to go ask DEP or EPA. Um, you know, there's a contentious uh, back and forth for decades between those types of organizations and the farmer. Um, but this is a way to get things done. The county can, uh, you know, distribute these funds. I would add that they have four years to use these funds. So just for example, if a county is receiving, you know, a million dollars, they don't have to use that all in one year. They have four years to decide how to use that. So there may be some, you know, programs or projects that need to be done right now. Uh, you don't want to blow through all that money in one year and come back two years later and something even more pressing um, they will have those funds there 
Uh, and so I think it's really important it empowers these local uh, conservation districts to to know what is uh, on the radar currently but what be, could be coming down the line in their in their districts yeah I mean it's it's much much better to have these types of programs administered by people as close to the action as as you possibly can I mean the people who are familiar with the individual site characteristics and can do a much much better job and then also as Kyle said I mean these are people that over the years that our members have built relationships with they understand the challenges you know, with the individual you know, piece of land that you may be working in so therefore they're much more likely to work with you in the spirit of collaboration and compliance than it is to become you know, one of enforcement and punishment which is where we don't want to end up yeah and you know uh, another big part of of the budget with uh you know agriculture's inclusion was uh the nearly 32 million dollars to help combat uh avian influenza and 25 million of that coming in the form of indemnity payments for uh impacted farmers uh and there was some other funds there donated or you know distributed for laboratory uh surveillance activities and and the department of agriculture to increase its staffing so uh, why are some of those things important, and how have you? How do you see that playing out? Well, for our for our you know, poultry and livestock farmers, the the health of their animals is paramount. There there isn't anything that's more important than that. And Pennsylvania has developed a, a pretty robust system of veterinary laboratories, research laboratories. You know, at the University of Pennsylvania, at Penn State, you know, through Penn State Extension and, and other and other entities that do this type of work. And so it, it's critical going forward that we not only be able to address the losses and the damage that was caused by this uh, high path avian influenza outbreak to be able to repopulate flocks that had to be be decimated in order to control the, the spread of HPAI, but also to plan for the next time. I mean, every lesson that's learned by our, you know, by the leaders in government, academia, and practitioners in the field helps us to be able to, to better uh, respond to any challenges we have in the future. And while the, the current outbreak has sort of lulled, and right now we're in a position where we can be, I think, cautiously optimistic about where we are now because of the hot weather, and because you know, that helps to suppress the virus, there are going to be two major migrations coming up here within the next, you know, in the fall and next spring that we're going to have to pay close attention to because this particular strain of the virus was spread by wild birds. There are two major flyways that come through Pennsylvania. More than likely, you know, we're going to see some some livestock or some some birds that that end up being exposed there, and we're going to have to continue to be vigilant. And it's great that the state is recognized this by putting this type of money toward continuing to the process of combating the outbreaks in the future. Yeah, and with that, the increase in funds for Animal Health and Diagnostic Commission, uh, you know, I was in danger of being cut, and it was supported pretty well. So... Yeah, that that seems to be um, seems to be one of the items that every year becomes a, a bargaining chip between the general assembly and whoever happens to be in the administration. But I think, as Kyle said, you know, there are so so many folks on both sides of the aisle in the general assembly who recognize the importance of what what our farmers do and the critical you know the critical role that agriculture plays in our overall state economy and that in animal health. Is uh, is one of the, the foundational po- principles that we have in the, in promoting and protecting that. Yeah, I mean Grant, he's absolutely right. And, and the one thing he mentioned earlier is, uh, you know, PennVet and Penn State's efforts, and you know, veterinary science and, and research extension 
you know they saw some additional funds um, this year you know and you, you couple that with the you know the I'd say the restoration and then the the increase for the Animal Health and Diagnostics Commission and I think everyone uh, you know, maybe this year, you know, we got lost in the pandemic a couple years ago, and now this year the avian flu hits. Uh, but I think you you pair these two programs and the funding that, that is supporting them, uh, it's it shows me there is a, a, recogn- a recognition of this will happen again. There will be another type of uh, you know disease outbreak, whether it's in our hog industry, as we saw a couple years ago, poultry. Uh, you you just you don't know. Um, that's it's, it's like humans. We have <laughs> different viruses and sickness. It, it, animals are no different. They are affected just the same. Um, so to have that funding for research, uh, for veterinary science, you know, with our our trusted partners in Penn Vet and Penn State, I think is just extremely important, so that we are ready for the next uh, outbreak, whenever that may be. Yeah, and this week we had a lot of things, and you've been very busy, Kyle, with uh, legislative updates and different things like that, and state budget obviously plays a huge part in that, but what are some of the other things that, you know, you've been kind of working on lately, and where do you see things going in the next couple uh, couple months here? Yeah, well, I'll let, I'll let Grant maybe touch on some things from the environmental start, side moving forward, both in the state and maybe even uh, federally. Uh, so, yeah, we our slate's not looking too... Um, scary here moving into the fall as we we saw a lot of our priorities met in the budget as well as um, some changes to the meat processing program um, and, and of course uh, there's a lot still to go uh, to be done but as we head into the fall I think our, our biggest three are you know, all sort of resting in the Senate um, we're, we're calling on the state Senate to get some action on some dollars the uh, solar decommissioning bill um, that would protect landowners at the end of their the terms of their lease um, with solar facilities. Um, some things in the natural gas industry related to uh, how they can take their deductions um, how, and, and their royalty checks, as well as some stream maintenance issues uh, that would sort of fall under um, hey, some environmental things. So maybe Grant can hit on that. But And then the Pennsylvania Department of Ag has issued a uh, uh, an interesting hayride variance. We'll, we'll call it that. We'll call it interesting. Um, so something that we're going to be working at as we head into the fall to just to make sure that our, our members and um, organizations and associations are um, not really burdened with uh, some cumbersome, maybe meticulous inspections and things that might not be quite necessary for their operations. And as always, we're still looking to get some things done in the dairy um, industry throughout the state. Um, there's a, a hearing coming up at the end of August with the overorder premium that we'll be involved in, um, and and of course a few of those bills still resting in the Senate as well. Yeah, from from a regulatory and environmental perspective, I mean, we're going as, as everyone is painfully aware, we're going into an election season here. We're going to going to have a new uh, new gubernatorial administration next year and uh, who wins that election is going to have a big impact on uh, what regulatory activity looks looks like uh, for right now of course um, 
you know, the agencies are moving ahead with some initial uh, initial looks at some revisions. Um, on the nutrient and manure management side, the State Conservation Commission would like to take a look at some of those regulations, take a look at their fee structures and see whether or not those need to be updated. So we're at the beginning of that process. We'll be reaching out to our membership as well as we go forward for their comments and insights on the changes that are being proposed. So we can try again to shape regulation in the direction that is least detrimental to the agricultural industry, or you know, failing that, you know, or not not failing that, but actually you know going forward, you know, hopefully trying to kill some of the, the worst ideas, and that's uh, that's our intent here as uh, we move into the next years. Gotcha, and you know, you guys both touched on a lot of things. Is there anything that you know we didn't get to that you think is of of importance that people should be aware of? It's just with with regard to the high path avian influenza again, you know we are we are doing well at present. There are no current quarantines or control areas in operation in Pennsylvania, but now is not the time to let our guard down. It's it's always time to practice good biosecurity on agricultural properties and in whatever type of uh, work that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, and as always, stay involved uh, in your county farm bureau's policy development process. That is just, I can't stress the importance and the value of that enough. Um, your voice does matter, and we do listen. Um, and, you know, continue to stay involved in that. Stay in touch with your legislators and just stay involved with what's happening um, in and around your area, in your farm bureaus, in the county, and in the state, um, and be educated. Yeah, and then the final piece of that would be as well, you know, we're in the process of beginning to repopulate some boards and commissions to which Farm Bureau has. Is entitled to representation, and we've gotten we've gotten a number of those, but we still have uh, several positions that are out there. We'll be making those available through our various communications tools, and so anyone that's interested in getting involved and serving at the state level, because as Kyle said, your voice does matter, and that's an opportunity to speak directly to the people that are making policy. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate your time, and thanks for joining us this week on the Farm Focus Podcast. Oh, thank you, Will. If you enjoyed this episode of Farm Focus, please subscribe. More episodes are on the way, and all of our past episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Podbean at pfbcast.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.